Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You You may be seated. What happens when Christianity doesn't work? What happens when following the Bible and 
worshiping on Sunday, when catechizing your kids, and even being obedient when it costs you, what happens when that doesn't deliver a life free from worry, a life free from pain? Does Christianity still work when a spouse betrays you? Does Christianity still work when cancer invades your body? Does Christianity still work when a child takes his own life? Too many Christians, and too many churches, and too many people like me have sold us a bottle of snake oil. Christianity, they say, that'll solve every problem. Follow Jesus in your life is bound to get better. But this week, the problem has only gotten worse. This week, instead of hope, we're filled with rage, despair, grief, resentment, confusion, and deep sorrow. I am so grateful that John 11 is in the Bible Most of the stories about Jesus healing someone are about strangers, men and women who accost Jesus in the street, begging him to touch their son or their daughter or even their own body. But in John 11, word comes to Jesus that a friend has died, Lazarus, who along with Mary and Martha They're the kinds of friends that all of us need in our lives. The people who just stop by. They walk in the door barely pausing to knock. They know us and they still love us. That's why when Jesus gets to the grave, he weeps. But of course, he does more than just weep. He roars with rage. In English, it's very tame. Verse 33 says, he was deeply moved. But literally, he was indignant in the face of death. How dare death! He was angry. And even though he would raise Lazarus in just seconds... His entire emotional and physical and spiritual state of being was twisted up in grief and sorrow. Why? Because death is not normal. It's not normal for us to die. A 15-year-old boy, the saintly grandmother... The young mom cut down by cancer, the dad who suffers a heart attack, the athlete who dies on the playing field, none of it is normal because death is an intruder. St. Paul says that death is the enemy. We weren't made to die, but sin and rebellion against God sowed the seeds of death in our bodies. And it changed immortality to mortality. And the only thing that can change it back again is the death of God himself. 
So Jesus rages against death because he knows what it will really cost to reverse the curse of death. It will take his death on the cross. Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they don't understand. They think that if Jesus had simply been there earlier, their brother would still be with them. They ask the questions that we have been asking this week. What could have prevented this horror? What should have been said? What should have been done? How can we prevent the pain and the sorrow of death? How can we keep that enemy away? How can we protect ourselves and our loved ones from death? But instead of assuring Martha and Mary that they had done everything possible, Jesus simply declares, I am the resurrection and the life. It doesn't help Jesus. We want information. We want answers. We need a plan of action and a way forward. We want to have our future clearly laid out for us, but rather than give us a map, rather than explain himself, Jesus gives us himself. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. For those who are tied to the high mass of suffering, there is often a fear that is greater than the fear of death. It is the fear of life. It's the fear of the next morning and the morning after that. In the face of great despair, the temptation is great to turn away from God. Because we somehow manage to convince ourselves that our suffering is a penalty for the sins that we have committed. It's a just punishment that we deserve But God invites us to take all of our sadness and anger, all of our grief and rage, all of our confusion and fear, and to turn toward him. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, Jesus promises. Did Jack believe in Jesus? He was baptized in this church and he professed faith in this church. And like many teens, he questioned the faith in which he was raised. Jack also couldn't understand his own family's unique suffering. And he struggled to understand his suffering. He would rage at God and his family, and then in a quiet moment with his mom, hug her, and with tears, tell her that he loved her, and that he did believe. On the same day that Jack died, he was right where you are, singing praises to God, praying the prayers of the church. Confessing his sin, confessing his belief, 
hearing the word of God preached, eating and drinking with Jesus, whatever else was wrong, make no mistake, Jack belonged to Jesus. That's why I think Jack probably understood better than many of us the lament of the Apostle Paul in Romans 7. The good? The good that I want to do? I I don't do it. The very thing I don't want to do, that's what I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Brothers and sisters, Jack knows with crystal clarity the answer to that question today. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, he knows that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Eric, why didn't this good news keep Jack safe? We can't answer that question any better, perhaps, than Martha and Mary could understand why Jesus delayed. Why didn't he rush to town the moment that he heard Lazarus was sick? There are going to be days and weeks and months and years of questions that have no answers. But I can say this. Even if we are too weak to hang on to Jesus, he is strong enough to hang on to us. In the days and weeks and months following an unexpected death, we may be tempted to lash out at God, to question his seeming absence from our lives, to rage at him for the struggles that we face and for the pieces that are left behind, pieces that we have to pick up and somehow put back together. It's totally understandable. But friends, remember this. Christianity works not because it rescues you from every pain or disease or sadness. It works because 2,000 years ago on a hill outside the center city of Jerusalem, the Son of God was crucified for our sins. And he was raised for our justification. And that historical event may not fix your marriage. It may not relieve you of anxiety and depression. It may not wipe every vestige of disease from your body, but it saves you from the wrath to come. We are not here to judge God today. We are not here to judge ourselves today. And we are also not here to judge Jack today. No one can justify his action, but Jack is justified before God. Being accepted before God is not a matter of what we have done or what we have left undone. Otherwise, everything would be lost. We all would be lost. It is a matter of trusting in what Christ has done for us. He 
has finished the work of our redemption. He has paid the ransom for our sins. He has satisfied the justice that our guilt required. And he is coming again to take us home. Pam and Sarah, Will and the rest of the family, I know that you have lost your son, your brother, your grandchild, your nephew. And I can't begin to know your suffering. But God knows. For he lost his only son. Jesus submitted to dreadful suffering and a cruel death. Because through it, he saved those who hated him and made them God's beloved children. You can turn to God today and in the days that follow, not just because God knows how you feel, but because his loss secured our adoption into his family. It made Jack a joint heir with Christ. For all of us here today who are afraid, afraid of death, or maybe even afraid of life, the good news is that Jesus has passed through death. And now he lives again, ruling and reigning at God's right hand. Jesus lives, we'll sing in a moment, and not from him, my heart or your heart or Jack's heart, not from him, our hearts can sever. None of all his saints is lost. Jesus is our hope and trust.